Hello, I'm Peter Mitchell, and welcome to CUDA's series of podcasts, especially designed to inform and support member credit unions. In this episode, I'm joined by Susan White, CEO of C-Mutual, which provides life insurance and general insurance products to the credit union sector in both Ireland and in the UK. Today, in the second of two podcasts on insurance, we're going to talk about various life and related risks that credit union members and their dependents are exposed to and the solutions that are available to reduce those risks. So Susan, can you tell us, just sort of take us through the the, the basic covers that are there that are provided by credit unions for their members? Okay, there are a lot of um, people within the credit union sector will understand all of the acronyms that are around um, Peter, such as LPLS, LBI, you know, all of these acronyms. So I'm going to try and take you step by step through those each product and explain exactly what it does and the benefit to the members. So um, if we can go back historically, credit unions were set up as community based organizations to help um members of the community protect themselves in the event of um, their death and that they're not left with uh, loans that ha- can't be repaid because the main breadwinner has, has passed away. So that's of where course. the original start of um, this insurance program started for credit unions. Um, so what the credit union movement tried to do was they tried to protect uh, members of the community and tried to train them how to save. So to encourage them to save, they set up, um, when people saved, they insured them for life savings. So the larger amount of savings you had in your credit union, upon when you passed away, um, you would get some kind of a, an insured benefit of that. The policy is owned by the credit union and you being a member of the um, credit union, you would uh, receive a benefit um, on your life savings. So there are two types of life, life savings um insurance programs and one is called life savings age at deposit and the second one is called life savings age at death life savings age of deposit was um is is kind of the older one i would think uh, it's around a very long time um, and it protects it, it kind of provides people if they pass away it looks back at their savings throughout the whole history of them since they joined the credit union. And there is a calculation, a very complicated calculation done behind the scenes when somebody passes away, depending on when the deposit was in, depending on when the money was taken out of the credit union. And the credit union can calculate um, the the benefit to the member based on the deposits in and out. It's quite a cumbersome and a long-winded process. And it's very difficult for anybody within the credit union that hasn't got years and years of experience to actually tell a member how much they are due on this product. Okay, but it's basically a bonus in addition to the savings they already have. Correct. So the, the savings go into their estate, and this is an extra amount that goes into their estate. And was that was that kind of a just intended to cover you know funeral expenses or other things like that? Was correct. That the, the correct. To help okay. the family moving forward after the past of mainly the main breadwinner or something like that back in the 60s. Um, but it was also to help for funeral expenses. And that's an age of deposit program. The more recent one or the one that's kind of much easier to calculate and it's much more prevalent nowadays, I think, is um, life savings age of death. And it's one that um, is more cost effective for the credit union itself. It's very easy to calculate. It creates efficiencies in that you don't have to go back trawling through years and years of old files on people to see when they lodged money, when they took it out. It's just basically how much you have in your credit union on the day you pass away and you get a multiple of that 
up to the limit um, of the insurance policy. So it's a much easier and much um, more efficient um, product, I think, for the ins- for the credit unions, especially in today's in today's um, world. Okay, so I assume that typically grows. You know, people people's normal lifespans are they they start off with small levels of savings. They borrow during their you know thirties, forties, and maybe fifties, and from the sixties that they the borrowing sort of reduce and they become just more savings members. So. And then finally, they they pop their socks, and you know later on when they have quite a bit of savings, comes in addition to that. Okay. So so therefore, the program the program is always um, managed so that it protects. It's it's a benefit to people when they need it most. That's the most important thing in these programs that it's a benefit to people when they need it most. So the life savings programs are designed so that you get a certain percentage. So up to the age of. And um, depending on the program, but up to certain younger people would get 100% of benefit. And the older you get, the benefit reduces. So you might get 75%, it's 50%, 25% benefit. So that's trying to um, protect people that are young, maybe have taken out a mortgage, a young family. So they would get a higher level of benefit usually because they have less savings. So they get more of what yeah. they have saved. But an yeah. older person, as they get older, we would expect that most older people have finished their mortgages, they've more, more time, money to save. So therefore, whatever they have in their savings, they get a smaller amount back as a, as, yeah. um, as an insurance. As a percentage. Yeah, as okay. a percentage, correct. Okay. So so that's life savings, yeah. And, and, and on the basis that the credit union is, is paying for, you know, the, this is this is funded by credit union members across the board, this creates greater fairness. Where the, where Exa- the people exactly. younger age get a higher percentage of it, of what they have in, on, on Ex- the deposit. Exactly. It's all, all of these um, plans are for, based on what's best for the members. And I think it's critically important for the credit union sector. And they're, they're, this is why we're, we're unique, I suppose, in comparison to banks is anything they do is to benefit the members. So they need to keep the credit unions live and stable over the long term um, and sustainable. But they also have to consider all the time what's the best in the long term that's going to protect the members over the long term. Um, and previously there was, uh, and a lot of credit unions still have this product, death benefit insurance, which is DBI is the acronym for that. And death okay. benefit insurance is actually um, a simple one-off payment when you pass away, a, a certain amount is paid to your next of kin when you passed away. That could that varies from, in one credit union it could be a thousand euros, in another credit union it could be 5,000. It depends on the credit union. So the death benefit insurance was really designed, I suppose, in the re- in, in the past to pay for funeral expenses. Um, yeah. And what's, what we found over the last number of years, as as people become more affluent, you know, they, they're not really that desperate. They don't need that exact yeah. payment to help for their funeral. And it's okay. a big cost for credit unions, a big cost on their balance sheet. So there are changes happening where people are kind of trying to remove that big cost and they're moving into different programs. And I suppose what they have to think about when they're moving is, you know, this members are not going to be very happy about this. So how do we, how do we put something forward that's sustainable for the members, protects the members, gives them something towards their, their funeral costs. Um, yeah. So we've designed um, programs um, such as um, our life benefit insurance, which is LBI. And what we do in that, which is unique to see mutual that's a program where we look at the life savings program and uh, we take the DBI off the balance sheet for the credit union. 
But within this life benefit insurance program, we actually guarantee that everybody within the credit union gets a minimum benefit. So, so, so it's benefiting the credit union in that it takes the cost away from the credit union, but it, it also helps the credit union delivering the message because it's protecting the members and it's, it's kind of meeting both, uh, both parts of the, of the, the process, you know, and both people. So it's protecting the credit union and protecting the members. So that's a program that we designed um, only in the recent past, and it seems to be working really, really well um, for credit uh, unions. Okay, so am I right in saying that? So that basically the, the, the credit union itself covers a certain basic amount, and if members want to top up beyond that, they are, they are free to do so. Is, is that how it works? In, no, in terms of, in terms not of quite. Not quite. Okay. So it's exactly, it's, it's taking the life savings program. So you already have the life savings program, and then you're, looking at the death benefit, which was where they got a fixed amount if they pass away. And we're combining both of those programs together. And by combining both of those programs together, we're reducing the cost of the credit union. We're taking the death benefit insurance cost off away from the credit union. But within the life savings program, we are guaranteeing that everybody gets a minimum amount. So it's kind of still like, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I assume for credit unions, where where, you, where there, there's benefits provided once you're still once you're simply a member of the credit union, on that basis, everybody is going to collect the benefit at some stage, pretty much. Everybody, so, I mean, yeah. Once you it, yeah, you're just going to get it at some stage. You're, it's going to go into you. So that's a huge cost to the credit union on the basis that if they're looking at their twenty thousand members and saying at some stage everybody's going to get a thousand euros, you know, or whatever. Exactly. So there, there are big, and I think that's a worry for credit unions at the moment because if you know in the recent past, um, over the last few years, um, with COVID, people haven't been spending, so savings have have increased, um, and um, people haven't been borrowing, so um, the credit unions aren't making very much income. So I think a lot of credit unions are looking at what can we do to protect our members going forward, um, but make sure that our programs are. Um, sustainable over the long term because we've an aging population as well so you have to consider that um, yeah, because yeah. The, the older people get the more claims you're going to have so they have to consider that and look at the demographics um, but they also want to keep their USP because we don't end up being like banks and every other financial institution out there so our USP as credit unions is the fact that we provide this life um, life savings protection insurance and loan protection and um, if you can step across then to the other um, big insurance product that's available for members of credit union is loan protection. And the loan protection insurance, um, that protects you that if on the day that you pass away, if you have taken out a loan with the credit union, that loan is um, does not, the, the burden to repay that loan doesn't pass to your next of kin. So the loan is actually protected by this insurance program. So on the day you die, the loan dies with you. That's as simple as loan protection. The loan is, the outstanding balance is wiped. Yes, exactly. Okay, Okay. that makes a lot of sense for for so many reasons. You know, obviously obviously protects the family. Uh, From the credit union's perspective, I can only assume that debt would be harder to recover if the the sole income earner potentially has has, has passed away. So yeah, the, the insurance makes it, it absolutely makes a lot of sense. And I think um, for credit unions, it, it is a USP in a, UX, in a unique selling proposition for credit unions. And in my mind, I think credit unions need to um, talk about this a bit more um, or kind of, you know, 
bring it to the surface a bit more to their members because there's so much competition now in the financial services sector. This is something that is of such value to um, to members of credit unions, and I think sometimes they don't realise it. Um, and I was watching a program there only last week, one of these RT programs on how to how to make your money work, you know, budgeting and all of yes. that kind of thing. And yeah. they were talking about um, the guy was advising a young person. Uh, to borrow some money to clear off some debts or whatever, to borrow, to do, to do something, they want to go on a holiday or something. And he recommended to go to the credit union because the guy was a young man with a family. And if anything happened, um, there was that protection. And, um, you know, I think that's, it's quite a unique um, proposition that credit unions have. And it's very valuable. And I think we need to kind of um, ensure that we get that message out to to our members, you know. Um, it's, it's not it's not something you hear yeah you're right you don't hear it talked about that much i mean in terms of stats and that is there is are there many claims on these on these stuff products it, well the claims will the older people get so it depends on the, the demographics of each credit union so obviously because debts and it's just typical the older people get the more likely they are to die so um some credit you know so the demographics will demonstrate you know what level of risk we take so from an insurer's perspective they have to look at the demographics and then price it accordingly based on the age profile of the members within the credit union and that's how the the pricing comes about in terms of pricing these products and the other part that's quite significant and it's kind of um very significant, I think, in the last year is the level of savings within each credit union, because the higher the level of savings and um, that increase the costs. And you can also see that some credit unions are putting caps on people's how much they can save within the credit union. And that's just to protect themselves because their reserves that they have to pay to the central bank, all those costs increase the higher the level of, of savings that come into the credit union. Um, so what some people are doing, um, they're looking at, you know, cutting the limits on the savings program. But I think um, from our perspective, the, for example, the LBI program that we run, it kind of, you don't have to cut the, you don't have to cut the limits because that's a hard um, message to give across to members of the credit union. Um, so you can still keep some of the limits, but just we're trying to, what we try to do all the time is look at each individual credit union look at the demographics and think about, you know, what is the message you want to give to the members? How can we make sure that the program is sustainable over the long term? And how can we adapt the product to meet the needs of the particular community? Because each credit union is different. Um, so we have that kind of ability uh, within our organization anyway, to be, to be adaptable and to be flexible and to think about what we can do to, to, to reduce the cost for the credit union, but also maintaining the standards and the benefits that the members expect within that credit union. And that's what we're always trying to do. We're trying to get those uh, working together, um, if that makes yeah. sense. Okay, no, it does, absolutely does make sense. And, and Susan, can you just tell me about the, is there trends? You, you, you mentioned, you know, the, the changes in the structure of cover from the, the more complex calculation of, of cover to, to a simpler version, but is there general trends that are the credit unions are looking to do to rebalance, to re reduce the overall cost and maybe rebalance cover across the membership? There is one big trend that I can see, and it's in relation to the death benefit insurance, because that's a very high fixed cost to most credit unions. So one of the easiest way, ways for them to reduce costs is just remove that. 
Um, but removing that is a very bad, me- it's a very hard message uh, to give to your to your credit union members. So again, we looked at this and thought, well, what can we do to to assist credit unions and come up with some kind of a product that might help them um, keep the members on board and also make sure they keep their life savings and loan protection um, up to the particular limits and also try and help the credit union um, reduce their costs and keep their, their programs running over the long term. So we've come up with a program called Member Death um, Benefit um, Indemnity Insurance. And how that works is it's a member opt-in program. So again, the credit union is the policyholder, and but members get the choice to opt-in or not to opt into the program. And if they opt into the program, they are it's a very, very, very um, well-costed program. If they opt in, it usually costs them about 52 euros per annum, which is one euro per week. And um, that's deducted from the member's account on the 1st of January, if they join up on the 1st of January. And that covers them for, it's an annual renewable policy, it covers them for a whole year. And usually the, the payout that they get um, from that member death um, benefit indemnity is around two and a half thousand, depending on the demographics of the credit union. So some credit unions, because they have a very young membership, so there's not a high level of, of debt preeminently coming forward or down the tracks, their yeah, members might get pay 52 euros and get a 3,000 euro benefit. But other credit unions might have an older demographic. They might pay 52 euros and they'll get 2,500 if they, if they pass away. So it's always, um, it has to be calculated based on the demographics within each individual credit union. Um, but that really is, I think that's really, um, it's so simple. It's so easy. It does exactly what it says on the tin. You opt in, um, the credit union is a policy holder. Um, you, you, we, do we help with the marketing and we, we, we go through all of that. We do a program. It takes about 10 or 12 weeks to launch the program. We have the credit unions to launch it. The member just signs a, a piece of paper to say they are opting into the program, which is very, very important. Once they opt in in year one, they're, they're opted in for good unless they opt out and they pay the, um, we deduct the 52 euros from their account on an annual basis. And if credit unions aren't ready to start on the 1st of January and they start talking to us in January and they want to roll out the program, we do quarterly enrollments. So we can do it. You can start okay. the program running yeah. from, and it's pro rata then. So it would be instead of 52 euros, um, the member would pay 75% of 52 euros starting on the 1st of April. And then next year, it just runs over the full year. And that's so, obviously something that's becoming more popular amongst credit unions, isn't it? It's, it's becoming, yeah. And it really, really, we'd won um, very large credit union there last year joined us and um, we had a phenomenal amount of members joining it um, because we worked together as a team, credit union ourselves, and um, we had very good marketing people behind us and uh, the program just worked out really, really well. So, and, and I think... Um, it, it helps that messaging because the credit unions have to kind of look at costs, especially with the what happened in, during COVID where their savings have gone up so high, they're not lending so much, um, they're not earning as much income as they would have expected before the pandemic. Um, and it kind of came unexpectedly, so they wouldn't have, you know, they wouldn't have planned for this. So they have to look at some kind of way of mitigating the costs. So the um, the member death benefit insurance is really, I think, for me, um, I think it's it's it seems so it's so simple, it's so easy, and it's very easy for the member to understand. So it's kind of quite useful. 
and that's a, and that's a key thing. People only under appreciate what they can understand. They can't they can't appreciate they won't understand. You know, if they don't understand it, they won't appreciate it. So that's well, really important. Yeah, I got a tip problems. years years ago from somebody when I was doing my MBA. Very very tough uh, three years it was, but they said to me, Susan. You always remember when you're designing any product, um, talking to people or, or writing anything down, that somebody that knows nothing about the industry needs to be able to pick this up and understand it. So it's it's very important. It's part of our ethos, I think, that we are very transparent. Um, we're very clear and we try to be very clear in our communications and just keep things simple so that you know, anybody along the street can pick up the leaflet or the piece of information and understand what it is. And I think that's coming also very important from a regulatory point of view. You'll see now over the last few years, insurance regulation, they have IPIDs, which are um, product information documents. And the reason why the central bank brought all that in is because they felt that it was uh, insurance and everything was too complicated and people didn't understand it. Um, now, unfortunately, I think sometimes they give on the on the consumer side, which is our people side of the business. Um, unfortunately, we have to send out a lot of information to consumers to protect them, um, which is fair enough. But sometimes I think they've gone a bit too far where it gets quite confusing. But in terms of in general, our concept within our organization, we are always trying to keep things as simple as possible so that people understand what what we are doing what the benefit is and what the cost is, you know, and we're quite transparent in that. Okay, very good. And tell me, if, if, if a credit union who's not dealing to you wanted to move cover to you, how do they go, I you know, wanted to say, consider switching over to yourselves, how would they go about that? It's very simple, really. I mean, it's like any, like, we're like any supplier in the market. Um, I think normally with insurance, you have to give a 30 days um, notice to your incumbent insurer. I think that's standard practice um, and I think that's the right thing to do. But um, if the people want to talk to me, they can pick up the phone and talk to me and just talk to me about their existing program and what can we do. It's not going to cost them anything just to talk to us and we can talk them through what we can and can't do. And if, if our product is suitable, um, we can price it for them and see if, see if it's suitable for their needs. Um, or they can talk to um, to any of the team, John or Liam or anybody within C-Mutual and uh we're there to, um, you know, to help, to assist. It's to our benefit if credit unions do well. It's to our benefit yes. if we can work together um, uh, so that we have, um, you know, credit unions that are, that are looking to the future. Um, I think there's a lot of change going on in the market at the moment. Um, during COVID, we saw a lot of people moving digital. So digitalization um, within the credit union sector has to become a number number one uh, challenge, um, and recently, actually, we've just finished. We work with Filene, who are a big um, American organization, university that uh, specialize in the credit union sector, and we've just commissioned a report with Filene um, to look at the future credit unions um, following the pandemic and the impact of the pandemic had on credit unions. And that report is just about finished, um, and I'm hoping. Uh, in the next couple of conferences, hopefully we'll all get back out there and do our conferences live, that we'll be able to bring some of that information out to credit unions and share that that um Research, that information yeah. to people. Yeah. yeah. It sounds it certainly sounds very interesting. Okay. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. So that concludes the second of our two podcasts on insurance. I hope it gives listeners a better understanding of the core risks and the solutions that are available. 
I'd like to thank Susan White, CEO of CMutual, for sharing her extensive knowledge on the subject. I hope you all found it of use, and if you did, don't forget to listen into our other podcasts in the same series. Thank you.